You're listening to a powerful message from the Overcomers Church World Outreach. We believe the word of God you receive today will bring restoration and transformation to your life. We invite you to worship with us. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website, www.overcomersgrace.org. God bless you as you listen to his word in Jesus' name. Father, we glorify you because your word cannot change. You've promised us miracles. We have spoken out your word. We receive them. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. No, I'm so excited this morning because um, I had a witness in my spirit that God is out to give a miracle to us in this month. Sometimes you have an encounter and experience with him and you are sure and you are confident that something is going to happen. Tonight I was so restless and I just began to say, God, what is it? There are times your body, I mean, you don't see any problem around you, but you see problems of the people. And you begin to groan and you begin to cry. And all of a sudden, right there in that bed, very early hours, 2, 3 a.m., there was this joy overflowing like a voice saying, I am out to do a new thing. That change is coming. Praise the Lord. I want to be speaking and be concluding on uh, learning from Israel's wilderness experience. This morning, learning from Israel's wilderness experience. You know, our text was taken from 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, read from verse number 1 to verse number 5. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1 to verse number 5. For I do not want you to know to be ignorant, beg your pardon, of the fact, brothers, that our forefathers were all under the clouds and that they all passed through the sea. Verse number three. They all ate the same spiritual food. Four, we're reading to five. And drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock was Christ. Five. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. I told us that the freedom of the Israelites from the land of bondage, the land of Egypt, and their temporary journey through the wilderness is like the journey of every child of God into the promised land. When God was leading them, God was leading them into a land of promise, but not into a land of rest. But the Bible makes us to understand in Hebrew that there remained there for a land of rest. That if God had given them the rest required, they wouldn't, he wouldn't have been speaking of another rest. For he gave them a place of settlement, but not a place of rest. And so their journey 
into that land that was promised to them is like us joining into the land of our rest. One of the experiences we must learn is that we saw that God's presence was with them, enabled them to move. It was God's plan that they moved. It was God's intention to lead them and to manifest to them in different dimensions they had never known him before. We said that every journey of life will be made easy, made possible, made unique if the presence of God goes with us or if we will allow God's presence to go with us. We also say that the journey of life, movement of people, movement of an individual, movement of families will never remain ordinary when God's presence is in it. They may not understand you, but to you, because you know who is walking with you, who is going with you, you are convinced that the journey is not an ordinary one. Cannot be judged by human instincts. Cannot be judged by human calculation. Because the one who leads is a man that is full of surprises. He's the author, he's the finisher of our faith. He knows where he's taking us to. We also say that the Holy Spirit and the Word of God gives a person or group of people the power to walk through life. The same Holy Spirit and the Word of God will teach you all things. There is nothing that is not in the Word of God. Every answer that we need to every question is there in the Word of God. You have not seen it. You've not discovered it because you have not searched for it. Whereas everything is there. So you say he will teach us. We also, also say that God's presence with us provides protection. And that we reference to the word of um, David in Psalm 23 and verse number 24. The door I walk through the valleys and shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Because I know that thou art with me. Your rod and your staff say they will all comfort me. What it implies is that the rod of the Lord will stand before you. Against every darkness that instigates and brings up the evil works of Satan against your life. His rod will be there to deal with with them. But sometimes this African magic, they try to teach us some lessons. You know, I came in somewhere and then uh, they were showing one. And then I saw somebody who, you know, conspired against someone or was part of the death of another man. And the dead man came up and was flogging her. To go and confess. If no, no other person was seeing her. Or seeing the man who was flogging her. Or she alone was seeing. Say please leave me I will confess. Please leave me I will confess. That is how the rod of the Lord. Goes with a man. When we allow him. To walk with us. Through this journey. Of her life. We say that God's presence also strengthens us. To be steadfast. In faith, 
Matthew 28, verse 20b, he said, And lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the earth. It's an assurance. Surely I am with you, always, to the very end of ages. It's an assurance. So his presence, we walk with his presence, he encourages us, he helps us to be steadfast. And we said, whenever you feel that God's presence has departed from you, please seek his presence. Because with his presence you can go far. Without his presence you can go far. Whenever you are in worship and you observe you are empty, church does no longer excite you, know that his presence has departed. When all you see is evil, evil, bad thing in people, in others, know that God's presence has departed from you. But the Bible says that for the pure in heart, all things are pure. But for the evil-minded person, everything is evil. So whenever you have that mindset, seek his presence through reading his word, prayers, and committing yourself to services. The Bible says that do not neglect the coming together of brethren. For iron sharpeneth what? Iron, when you come together. So seek his presence. Anytime you feel like you're no more there, you don't feel like praying anymore, you don't feel like doing the work of God anymore, you used to be very zealous for the things of God, but now you are cold. His presence has departed. Seek his presence, because only by his presence will you overcome. Praise the Lord. Moses said, without your presence, don't send us away. We are going nowhere. We consider number two point that they were baptized into Moses. Baptized into Moses. What does that mean? We said that they were united with Moses and submitted to his leadership. I told us that Moses was a mediator of covenant. It was a human mediator of covenant between God and the Israelites. God has, of a matter of fact, been looking for a perfect redemption plan for man. So Moses' own was one of them. But he was mad with flaws. Was not perfect. Because Moses was not perfect. So that plan failed. Because when, as we are going to be seeing in the scriptures, when he was just to speak to the rock, the Bible said that he smote the rock. So his mediation, his, his covenant mediator, had flaws because he was a male human. So they were baptized into him to be united with him, to lead them, to provide direction for them. And so through Moses, God delivered them. And by his deliverance, through Moses of the children of Israel, we read and we saw in Exodus 14, 22 and 23, that the Red Sea was a lane to the Israelites and a grave to the Egyptians. That is what God can do to your enemies. When you are walking with him, when you partner with him, when you are united with Christ, any road you pass and the enemy try to follow you, they will crumble. You know, one man, one man, they said he was an evil man in my town. And you know, when I went to his house, he said, my friend, Dozier, so you had the courage to come to my house even after all you have heard about me. I said, yes, I have the courage to come to you. 
Because I come with someone, I come with Jesus into your house. Oh, wow. And then one day, he just prayed one prayer. Yes, it's a prayer. But he said to me, he said, look, because you've always looked for peace, every road that is tight for others will be wide for you when you want to pass. That is what God did to the Israelites, for the Israelites and against the Egyptians. The road that was a lane, a passageway for them. When the Egyptians wanted to pass through the same road, because they are not carrying the mark of God, they are not or we are not united with them. That same lane became a graveyard for them. That is why we must not be afraid of the witches, must not be afraid of wizards when we are united with Christ, our Savior. Somebody shout hallelujah. We said that the Red Sea also was an experience which should have made them to pull some attitude away. But they couldn't. It was a great miraculous manifestation of the presence and power of God. That alone should have made them to drop some attitudes that were not right and embrace this God. But it was not so. Because the mediator of the covenant was not a perfect man. And so God was still looking forward to the one who will come to perfect the salvation of man. So they failed. They could not sustain that zeal that they had when they stepped out of uh, Egypt. But came Jesus Christ. Jesus died. He came died. For us, took our place. And then Jesus united us through his body. Like today, we have taken the communion. And pastor has shown us the reason why we must not stay away from communion. Say, if you do this, you remember me. And then you become part of me. Say, do this often. For as often as you eat this bread, you eat my body. You are united with me. You are bonded with me. And as often as you drink from this cup, you are also connected to the spirit. You are connected to me. Do it as often as possible and as often as you can. So they were baptized and united. And then Christ came, died for us and united us by his body. And we read that in uh, Romans chapter 6. Three, four, and five. Right there, the Bible said he died. He was crucified. We were baptized in his death, united in him. In other words, in God's mind, we died with him. In the mind of God, when Jesus died, we died with him. And he became our substitute. He took our place. Took away the garment of filthiness that clothed us. Put it upon himself, took his own garment of righteousness, put it upon us, and say, Move, I am behind you. Therefore, wherever we go, the doors begin to open. Doors begin to open. The Bible says, Let the redeemer of the Lord say so, that I am redeemed. We march in 
into the promised land, singing the song, we are redeemed, we are redeemed of the Lord. Behind us, he wore a filthy garment, stained with sin, soaked in sin. But we often live against the new life, which follows baptism. Most of the time, we don't live the life. As spread of us, we live life contrary to these things. We read and we fought the actions of the Israelites. But we ourselves, we fail in our expectations. We say Israelites disobeyed Moses. Moses told them to wait. They couldn't wait. By the time he, was, he came down, they already molded a calf, a golden image, and began to worship it. We speak of, about their disobedience. How can they obey simple instruction? But the Bible says that even today, we are doing the same if not worse. He's done so much for us. The Bible said at a point in John 15, he said, I don't call you servants anymore, I call you friends. Because servants don't know the mind of their masters. But I call you friends. Because I have told you the mind of the Father. But still, we can't believe. We don't believe. The Bible said that they were destroyed. Their unbelief brought destruction against them. We are like types of trees and God expects fruits from each of us. Every man. Matthew chapter 3 and verse number 8. We have Matthew chapter 3 and verse number 8. Produce fruits in keeping with repentance. What does it mean? Work. Do things. Whatever comes out of you, whatever comes from you, let it manifest that for which Christ has died and paid the price for. If you say you have been baptized with him into death and then to resurrect with him in baptism, it means that you resurrect into a new life. What is the new life? The new life of victory. New life of victory. The Bible said they found nothing to hold him down. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. How many of us can stand out and people will say, and I found nothing to hold him down. That is what he's talking about. To produce therefore fruit in keeping with your repentance, in keeping with you dying and resurrecting with Christ. Let your words be seasoned. Let your movement, your actions, let people see Jesus in you. And then, of course, walk the walk of him who have called you while it is day. The Bible says that night cometh when no man can do what? And work. Night cometh. Wisest man Solomon said in the Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and said, Look, now, remember now your creator in the days of what? Your youth, when the evil days come not, and you say you have no pleasure in them. There come a time, if you have not evangelized enough, when evangelism is called for, oh, it's, I can't go, please pardon me, you know, I have arthritis. Do it now. Do it now. For a king's led us in praises, and he says some hard feet, but they can jump. We have faith, but we can jump. Glory be to God. 
when you have feet to jump, jump. When the evil days have not come, when you cannot jump. And the evil days is almost here. Almost here. Have you realized that people are avoiding evening services because of the insecurity in the land? Have you observed that people are cautious coming to church because of the evil in the land? Last Sunday, uh, some policemen came around. They drove around this place. They came here. Some of our members, like Baristibe, or you there, as we became Bahama, some of them went and met them. They said, we are just going around to make sure that everything is good. People are avoiding church. And the hard time is just beginning to come. The only people who are going to escape this corruption are those who know their God. The Bible says that only those who know their God will be strong. They will do exploits. They shall mount up wing like eagles. They will fly and never be weary. Thousands by their right and by their left side. Rumors of war but will never come near them. For these are the inheritance of the children of the Lord. Okay, let's talk about that they are being fed with the spiritual food and drink. They were fed with spiritual food and drink. Verse number 3 and 4 of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 3 and 4, 1 Corinthians Chapter number 10. They all ate the same spiritual food. Verse number 4. And drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock was Christ. Spiritual food represents the word of God. Manna came down from heaven according to Exodus chapter 16. Verse 11 to 15. Exodus 16, verse number 11 to 15, manna came down from heaven. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumblings of the Israelites. Tell them at twin light, you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening, squirrel and, uh, came and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. For thin, when the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. And 15, when the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is this? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. That is why Jesus said to them, say, worry not. But what to eat, worry not, but what to put on. Because even King Solomon, in his most well-dressed, his most expensive apparel, cannot be compared to the grass that dies today and by tomorrow it brings up. So why are you bothered about what to eat as a child of God, the redeemed of the Lord, the one that Jesus paid the price for? If you have believed in God, worry not about what to eat. Or what to drink. It says, consider the sparrows. Where? Who cultivates for them? 
Where is their bank? Where is their farm? Where is their bank account? But they never lacked anything. That is the promise that we have within. So he gave them manna. And today God has been making provisions for us in different ways, in different dimensions. There are so many of us who don't know how bread, meat, food appears on our tables. Tell me any rich man who can say that, look, from the one, I know this is where I'm going to be. I'm yet to see that man. Nobody. 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 But everyone wakes up, gets trained, gets educated, wake up, you start to labor, you start to walk, you start to move, and with God's presence, God guiding you, he begins to make provisions for you. When you cross one level, he leads you to another. When you become faithful to one, he takes you to another. So many of us are in one place because we have not been faithful with what God has committed into our hands. And he said, how can he commit something much more greater into your hands when you are not faithful with the little he has given to you? Don't worry yourself. So he fed them with the manners from above and then with water from the rock. Let's read that scripture, Numbers 20, from verse number 1 to verse number 11. Numbers chapter 20, fed them with water from the rock. Numbers 20, verse 1 to 11. Numbers 20 from verse number 1. 11. In the first month, the whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zin and stayed there at Kadesh. Let me tell you something about this place. Bible says this was the first, first number one, please. First number, yes. In the first month, the whole Israel community arrived at the desert. Now, this first month was the first month in the 40th year that the Israelites left the land of Egypt. But that is not even the point. The most agonizing part of it is that theologians believe, and I find it to be true, that from the time of the spies going to spy the land, to that time was that eight years. That that eight years became a wasted years because nothing was recorded in the scriptures within that that eight years. Life wasted. Opportunities wasted. The period of harvesting wasted. For that eight years, nothing was recorded showing that they were not active for God. In that time. That is why it is very important that we are cautious about our lives. You know, a man like late Billy Graham says something. When he was asked what he would have loved to do better now. How many of you know Billy Graham? Great man of God. But he said he wished he had read the Bible more than he read. And you ask yourself a question. If a man like Billy Graham could say that he never read the Bible enough with such miracles, with such signs and wonders following him, how can it be? But that is the truth. 
He wished he had read the Bible. Don't allow any moment of your life to be wasted. Take advantage of every opportunity provided for you to serve God. Serve him diligently. When it's convenient, when it's not convenient, serve him. And verse number two. Okay, Miriam died. Uh, let's leave the story of Miriam for another day. Why he died. Because he died prematurely. Now there was no water for the community and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. The people gathered now. These were a new generation. And they entered into the sin of their fathers whom the Lord slaughtered because of unbelief and disobedience. They said they began to murmur. They gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. Look, sometimes don't blame, don't fight your uncle, don't fight your elder brother. Sometime ago, in this church, a young man came to me and was complaining and said, eh, their elder brother overlooked them, went and got married, and is not caring for them, refused to pay their school fees, established them, and all that, and all that. I told him, I said, please stop complaining and stop judging your elder brother. He didn't give back to you. Your father did. Does anybody you hold accountable, it is your father. Your brother was only pursuing his dreams. So there are so many times we misplace anger. You go to borrow something from somebody and he doesn't have. You turn it against him, you become angry against the person. You never gave him anything to keep for you in the first place. So that's a misplacement of anger and aggression. It was God who called them out to lead them into the promised land. And now they turned against Aaron and Moses and was almost tearing them apart. Run and turn to God. Anytime there is a problem. They quarreled with Moses and said, if only we had died when our brothers fell dead. Do you now see that these were new generations of Israel? The other ones, God slaughtered them, killed them because of their disobedience and murmuring. They said, we would have loved to die when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. Verse number four. Why did you bring the Lord's community into this wilderness? That we and our livestock should die here. Be careful about those who instead of talking about themselves, they join you whether you like it or not. They are offended by the pastor. And then they come, they gather everybody. Not only in the church, happens in the secular world. Why should this man talk to us, all of us like this? The person you are talking to have not complained that they talk to him wrongly. Why did they shift this thing for all of us this side? It's better to say, why did he talk to me that way? Or why did he shift this thing for me that way? So you have people like this in the world. That is why we must be very sensitive because devil uses anything he can lay his hand on in order to stop us from entering into that promised land. They said, why did you bring the lost community into this wilderness that we and our livestock should die 
here. Verse number five. Move. Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? It has no grain or figs, grapevines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Verse number six. We are going to 11. Verse number six. Reading to verse number 11. Verse number six. It's not there again. Okay. For showing love to a thousand generations. Numbers, please. We are still reading numbers. <laughs> numbers 20. Numbers 20. Okay. Moses and Aaron went from the assembled assembly to the entrance to the tent of meeting and fell face down. The right thing to do. Some of us have always prayed this prayer and say, I am praying that God's brought us. I'm praying for God to bless you so that you will be a blessing to me. Why can't God bless you to be a blessing to others? Why they were complaining that Aaron and Moses has brought them to the wilderness? Aaron and Moses knew where to go. The Bible says that they went from the assembly out from where they were, where everyone else was complaining, where everyone was singing a song of being cast down, where everyone is talking about bad economy, where everyone is talking about bad life and so on and so forth. They left there to the entrance to the tent of the meeting and fell face down. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Verse 7. The Lord said to Moses, Take the staff and you and your brother Elon. Gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can uh, drink. Nine. We're reading to 11. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he commanded him. And then... He and Aaron gathered this assembly together in front of the rock. And Moses said to them, listen, you rebels. Must we bring you water out from this rock? Eleven. Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out and the community and their lifestyle drank. One lesson we must learn there. Moses was not instructed to smite the rock or to speak. He has smitten the rock once. Jesus was not to go through that agony twice. When we are delivered and saved by the sacrifice on the cross of Calvary, we need to speak into our promises and blessings for them to come and not to smite him again. The sacrifice was already offered. It angers God. When we try to substitute the sacrifice on the cross of Calvary, which we do most of the time, we seek salvation from the right and left, mountains and valleys. When the Bible says, for there is no other way by which a man must be saved except through Christ Jesus. For there is no other foundation that has been laid whereby we must be saved except that that is already laid. 
So Jesus has secured victory for us by the first sacrifice. Our work and job now is to speak for that sacrifice to produce our blessings and promises. He says, speak for the blessing to come. This time, not to smite. And then Moses smudged the rock. And God became angry. That rock is Jesus Christ. Shout hallelujah. The spiritual food is the word of God. The spiritual drink is the Holy Spirit. Jesus testified of himself that he is the bread of life. John Gospel chapter number 7, verse number 37 to 39. You know, the preceding verse, uh, chapters and verses, Jesus said there is a one who bears witness to all things. Only one who bears witness. And when he bears the witness, it is authentic. If you have been in the village, sometimes there, is, there comes up these complicated arguments. The next thing you will hear is, can somebody go and call uh, a Mazio Keiko Kafo? If Mazio Keiko Kafo comes here and says it, that is final. Everybody will adjust their seat. Keep quiet. There will be noise. Quarreling. Waiting for Mazio Keiko. As soon as Mazio Keiko Kafo enters the place, you see quietness. Mazo Keke, whether it's true or wrong, will come there and say, my father told me, and my great-grandfather told me, and I knew, because I saw something like that, that this thing is like this. They will say, hey, hey, that is it. This is the one we are going to take. Every other person, shut up. It happens, because they believe that once Mas, that Mazo KK is a custodian of history of the community. So Jesus said, There is one who bears witness, even the Holy Spirit bears witness for me. And God Almighty bears witness for me. Now, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Verse 38. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, rivers of living water will flow from within them. 39. By this he meant the spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. You see, the reason why the Israelites could not do away with certain attitude, even after they were baptized into Moses, but because that mediation was faulty. Now, Jesus came and made a promise. He said, this is a promise from the Father. After I am gone, will I give to you, send the comforter to you, even the Holy Spirit, who will abide with you always and teach you everything always. That is why it is important to seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Allow him in all the time. He was talking about that. Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Because that is what will empower us to live a life above sin. Up to that time, the spirit had not been what? 
living comes and departed. Comes on the prophets, use them, and then leaves them and go. But say, this one will abide with you. So it hadn't come since Jesus had not been glorified. So Jesus here made us to understand that he represents the bread of life. Okay. John 6 verse 32. We'll just keep some verses. We'll read uh, 32, 35, and uh, 51. Okay. 32, 35, 32. Okay. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven. No. Or it is my father. No. Verse. Yes. But it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. My father, true bread. Now you will see why it is true bread. Okay, 35. Verse 35. All right. Then Jesus declared, I am the what? Whoever comes to me will never do what? And whoever believes in me will never do what? I am the bread of life. Moses was not the one who gave. My father gives the real bread of life. If you eat of me, you will never be hungry again. Drink of me, you will never be touched again. Because they ate the manna. God even told them to gather just enough for the day. And that was it. By next morning, those who have something left had to lose it. Because my spirit will go with you always. Will not come and, appear and disappear. 51, verse 51. Verse number 5-1. Verse 51. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Eat of this bread. Desire this sincere milk, which is the word of God, Apostle Peter said. Desire it. Not only desiring it, read it, study it. Jeremiah said, I had to chew it and it was sweet in my mouth. The word of God will be sweet in your mouth when you know the value. Okay. Quickly, take the final one. God's one of the experiences we must learn that God is not pleased with those who could not persevere. That's one of the experiences we learn. God is not pleased with those who could not persevere. Okay, let's go to verse 5 and 6 of that, our text, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 5 and 6. If you have it. Okay. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now, these things. Here comes our message. Can we read the scripture together? One, two, go. Now.
they occurred as examples to us to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Going the wrong way, trusting in what we shouldn't trust, believing in what we should not believe in. These things happen. So that we will learn. So that we will learn and appreciate what we have in Christ. All Israelites came out from Egypt to go into the land of Canaan. All of them together. They shared the same platform. Everything. You know, some will leave church saying that miracle doesn't happen. Others will stay and say miracle does what? Happen. Everybody shared the same platform, the word of God, the prayers, and so on and so forth. But why is it that others are receiving their miracle you're not receiving? Have you, instead of complaining and blaming someone, appraised your own self? Where did I go wrong? What am I not doing right? And by the way, that you have not received does not mean that you are doing something wrong. God leads us through different processes of life. Don't ever want to be like Dozier Mwabeze. Don't ever want to. Abraham blessings are mine. Abraham blessings are mine. How about his testings? Who has that one? Is it yours? Not yours. Eh? If Abraham blessings are yours, Abraham testings and tribulations should also be yours. So no one wants to go that way. So don't ever want to be like anybody. Better be whom God has called you to be. Be happy with who you are. Be contented with what God has given to you. There is another day called tomorrow. The situation can change. It is not of the swifts of the mighty. If it's of the sweet and the mighty, look me now. Where is uh, Barrister Ogo? Where is? He's not in church today. Uh, is there? Uh, now stand up. Now let's let's let them know. If it, oh, okay, stepped out. Okay. You can imagine. If it were to be by size, eh? Look me, look, oh God. Eh? Or even John, who is yourself? If John, those days, or let me you say, if John is uh, standing here and you want to come and see Mama, the first thing you look is, is John. You look at his face. If his face does not speak anything friendly, you respect yourself. Or if his face speaks something better, you will try. And uh, can I see mama? Hallelujah. Be who God has called you to be. God does not keep what belongs to the frog on a height. I've told us this several times. He never created the frog with the ability to jump. And so he will be a wicked God. To keep what belongs to the frog on a height. 
That is why indeed Bosin Akufecha Chacha Omegini. That was. Fly! That ant flies to the heavens. When you are done flying, the frog is waiting for meal, for his meal down there. You must surely come down there to meet the frog. So you see the frog looking up and the ant will be flying. He said, Chakara, enjoy yourself. You must come down. And of a true, the ant will come down and the frog will just do the most, most, more jump. And then, bam. Good for the day. You are who you are because God has designed you for signs and wonder. Isaiah and Isaiah, he said, For I and those whom the Lord has given to me, we are for signs and we are for what? Wonders. It doesn't matter. It doesn't say shape. It didn't say because of your height and dimensions and influence. But those who have influence, who are great, who are mighty, they and the Lord and those whom the Lord has given to them will be for signs and wonders. No, no. I need people. Put your name there. It becomes you. For signs and for wonders. So they shared everything, but some received their miracles, but those who were disobedient did not receive. Most backslided and murmured against God. Murmuring is one terrible sin against God. God hates it. Because you don't know where he's taking you. I told us here that my father-in-law calls me my in-law, no problem. My in-law, no problem. Because I will never see problem in any problem. When he said this one, this one, even when I was going through my wilderness of lack, now how are we going to do this? And how are you going to? I will say, oh, I'm gonna. No problem with my overcomer smile. Every number, no problem. And then they branded me, no problem. Because Jesus will never let you down. It doesn't matter how fierce the battle is. No, it doesn't matter. He knows what he's doing. He knows. You think he's silent? Go and ask Job. He's never silenced. Never. It's a matter of time. Why did he allow Israelites to mess themselves around and all that? He said, now, there is something your forefathers did not know about me. I want to show you. There are some times God wants to show us how great and powerful he is. He wants us to go through those processes in life and then he will just pick us out. And we give him the glory. The murmured. Numbers 25, quickly, Numbers 25, verse 4 and 5. May not be able to take all the scriptures. Numbers 25, verse 4 and 5. 
The Lord said to Moses, take all the leaders of these people, kill them, and expose them in broad daylight before the Lord, so that the Lord's fierce anger may turn away from Israel. Kill. So Moses said to Israel's judges, each of you must put to death those of your people who have yoked themselves to Baal of Pearl. 16, verse 31 and 32. Go to 16. Same number, chapter 16, verse 31 and 33. As soon as he finished saying all this, the ground under them did what? Split apart when they murmured. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them and their households and all those associated with Korah together with their possession, murmuring. There are so many times we are close to our blessings, to our breakthrough. Very close. Can't forget in a haste. One time, we are still in a block of flats. These arm robbers came. My wife was pregnant. We had this burglary behind the door. So we are hitting the door. Hitting the door. Hitting the door. They wanted the burglar to give way because the door was already open. It was just the burglar that was holding the door. They were pushing and pushing and the whole cement was pulling out. The rod inside the wall was pulling out. You know what they needed? The last, the last kick was all they needed and the door would be open. They left. They left. Just one more kick. So there are so many times we are close to our miracle. So many times we are close to our breakthrough. So many times we are close to our blessings. Very close. Very close. And we just murmur. Murmur. I watched uh, a clip on WhatsApp. A woman who was looking for a fruit of the womb came to the altar and was praying. Praying and praying. And then the angel came with a child. Was coming from behind. Very close. Two steps to the woman. Her phone rang. He picked up her phone and ran out. And the angel was, was like standing with the child and now left. We murmur. We complain about situations where we are. Not knowing that what we are complaining about, what we even have, is somebody's prayer request. Somebody is envying what you have and you think it's not important. Somebody is praying for that. They murmured. And God destroyed them. All the blessings received from God daily. You spoil us to be steadfast in faith. It's not easy to sleep and wake up. I know a man just trying to eat yam. The first one gone, second one, he got choked. They rushed him to the hospital, surgery, and he died. So to even eat and it digest is a miracle. To go to work and come back is a miracle. To travel by air, by road is a miracle. Not all those who traveled came back. It's all miracle from the Lord. So God may withdraw his protections. God may withdraw his favor. God may withdraw his joy. God may withdraw his peace. 
God may withdraw his good health, and so on and so forth, when we are not consistent in him. These things can go. Remain steadfast and consistent, for you don't know the hour and time is going to come. You don't know. That is one thing he hides from us. You don't know when. Anytime they are on their journey and they come to a certain city, he will say, you are about to enter the city of the eyes, the city of the Jebusites. But don't worry yourself. I have already given them to you. God never fights for them all. There's only a few occasions when they battle, he knows that this one is more than them. He will say, you will be still and I will fight for you. Don't always use that Bible, that scripture all the time. There are some battles you need to stand up and fight for yourself. Don't sit at home and begin to pray for manna to come down from. If you don't go out to walk, you will die of starvation. God will never bring it to you. He will tell them, this is the land. But you have the Amalekites, you have the giants. However, be strong. Because I will go with you to fight. Otherwise, God would have just said, okay, 30 minutes before you arrive, I'm going to go before you and remove the Amalekites. And the giants. Is it not possible with God? Possible. He said, but you will fight them. You will fight them. So there are battles you must fight. There are challenges you must face. There are obstacles that must confront you. Before you enter. Sometimes it has to be tough. It has to be tough. But the way God takes this thing may not be immediate. Okay, finally, 2 Peter. Close here. 2 Peter chapter 4. Sorry, chapter 2, verse 4 to 6. 2 Peter 2, 4 to 6. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them in chains of darkness to be held for judgment. 5. If he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on his ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others. Verse number six. If he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. Example of what is going to do what? Happen to the ungodly. Hellfire. So who told you he cannot punish wrongdoings? Learn. From the experience of the Israelites. Learn. See how the presence of God added value to their life. Learn. Understand that they were baptized into the leadership of the human mediator of covenant. Today, our mediator is Christ. We are united with him. Obliged to obey him. Live for him. Listen to him. Allow him to direct us. Learn from their experience. That you do not have to worry yourself about what to eat or what to clothe, what to wear. He fed them with manna from heaven. Learn also, be careful to know that when he is displeased with you, he can take away everything he has even given to you. Haven't you heard of people, the name, there are some names we hear today. They were great sometime. But here today we just hear about them. 
Last time I heard about, I read one man say a, a, a philanthropist in Ondo State is begging the state government to come and help him pay nine years debt. Sick. He's been sick. Sickness is the worst thing that will hit you because it will continue to drain what you have until you are no more. Let's stand on our feet and give him thanks. I will never, never, never go back. I will never go back. I will never, never, I will never go back. I will never go back. Will you ever, ever, never, never go back to the world? Never, never go back to the world anymore. I say I will never, never go back to the world. I will never go back to the world. Never, never go back to the world. that the same axe that was placed before the Israelites is still the same axe today. Against every tree. Anyone that does not bear fruit, we don't want or down. There are so many things that struggle with us not to enter into the promise. Like Moses, God is saying, speak to your promises. Speak to your miracle. We are murmuring. How can the same mouth with which you are going to come to the throne of grace be used to speak evil? Don't work. Don't work. Sometimes when we pray against some of these gates, Pastor Dave told us on Saturday that gates can speak. From voices of man. They tell you what the Bible has not said. You listen and you are misled. Our prayer today. Haven't learned from the experience of these people. Father, let every gate of obstacles that will hinder me from entering into this promised land. You know, most of them could not enter. Some were slaughtered. They were killed. Can say any gate of hindrances, whatever shape and form this is not the time for prayer request or prayer point. We as individuals, we know what we are struggling for and what are likely to stop us from entering into this promised land. I'd like you to lift up your voice. I'm beginning to talk to God about these gates. Every obstacle in our lives. Gates of sin, gates of hindrances, gates of sickness. Sometimes sickness comes to weaken our faith and make us ask God many questions. Why? 
the woman who lifted up her voice and said, God, what is it you are doing to me? Did you not say you're a consuming fire? Do you not say you're a provider? Do you not say you give children? Do you not say you can provide? Do you not say you can heal? Do you not say you can protect? God, where are you? God is still where he is. But there is a gate, there is a hindrance. Begin to ask those hindrances to give way. We pray you have been blessed by the word of God you received today. For prayers or counseling, our doors are always open. We invite you to worship with us at the Overcomers Church World Outreach. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website, www.overcomersgrace.org. We look forward to seeing you at our next service. God bless you in Jesus' name.